Right, welcome to the one of the most sporadic podcasts on the internet. Uh, happens when we get good ideas and not so good ideas. Sometimes without them as well. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, with zero ideas. Um, this podcast kind of revolves around the theme of goal setting and it kind of comes a year on following some intentions that we set uh, set that some of you might remember. It's the ver- version two of the goal setting podcast, isn't it? And pretty much a year ago, we you know talked through our goal setting process, um, the, the why behind the goals, the structure you can put in place to hopefully succeed. And we we set a goal each, didn't we? And um, yeah, I mean to put it bluntly, we failed. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's it's important to acknowledge the failure or the... Yeah. Like, I'd love to say that we just crushed everything that we put our mind to it, but we, we all you know, know that's not good the case. To feel, it's good to be human. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Definitely one of those things, isn't it? Like, motivation comes and goes for the goals that you set, and that was definitely the case. You know, we're used to talking about and like going after these massive lofty adventure goals that weigh on our heads stop us sleeping (laughs) give us all sorts of anxiety Uh, and then we with the goals that we set last year you know there's much more I, I don't know what the best way of saying it not smaller but achievable in like a sense of time but ultimately nobody give a shit yeah that was it 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 Basically. It was hard to apply the same thinking when there was, yeah, when we didn't really care as much, essentially. Yeah, and well, what, let's outline what the goals were, but what was your goal that you set for yourself? So my goal was to run five kilometres in sub-20 minutes. Mr. Joe Wicks himself? Yeah, yeah, the, the original Joe Wicks challenge. I think he <laughs> tried it in December, but I planted the seed. But yeah, that, that, that was the plan. Um or didn't go to plan, but yeah, that was mine. How about yours? Um, mine was to start learning the electric, electric guitar, but the, I think that the initial goal was to learn the intro to John Mayer Gravity. That is correct. I, I bought the guitar. I had a guitar lesson online. I watched all the YouTube videos. I kind of learned most of it and then just stopped. And annoyingly now... Now we're coming to the crux of it a year later. I've forgotten how to play it. So I'm fuming about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <absolutely> um, fuming. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember you. I mean, we'll, we'll go through like a few reasons as why I can speak from my perspective and you on yours and like why we don't think we achieve these goals, at least in the time frame that we set out. But there's definitely, definitely some themes. Um, yeah, I mean, for me... What, what I'll say actually first on the guitar thing is I ju- just remembered we spoke about and we joked about at the time you playing at my wedding. Yes. The, that's on. <laughs> yeah, which, which was supposed to be in um, like early June 2021, mm. which has now been pushed back. <laughs> but hang on, is this an exclusive? Because you haven't told the guests, have you? Uh, no, not yet. No. <laughs> That's, it's on the to-do list this weekend. <laughs> so people, oh my God, I love it. So people who are listening to this, so there's I think eight or nine people who listen to this. 
maybe maybe one uh, is going to your wedding so your your dad is going to find out about <laughs> yeah moment. i think he i think he knows what we're, we're essentially wait we're in the weird middle ground of not being able to do it this year but waiting for the confirmation of the date next year so it's a mix of you want to tell people that it's not on but you also want to give them the new date mm. but we can't do that <laughs> but more importantly you don't have to play the guitar at the wedding this year. There you go. And that is why I predicted that. So that's why I stopped learning. <laughs> that's why I quit. Um, I have to say during the, well, we'll go into the, the breakdown of it, but the one thing I realized quite soon was um, the function of learning how to play John Mayer on guitar isn't actually that hard. The, the fingering and the playing and whatever. What, I think is quite hard and what John Mayer is quite good at is just how it sounds really. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, how he holds a note and moves between one note and the other. It sounds like I'm basically beating the shit out of a cat with a violin. <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent of learning a language and being like bon yeah. Or yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. The, the pronunciation of his guitar is fluent. The pronunciation <laughs> of my guitar is like, Dos beers, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> por favor. Yeah, por favor. That's the, that's the equivalent. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so true. Um, um, I, I, I'll ask you, I'm going to I'm gonna put you on the spot and try and ask you for one, what was the main reason that you failed to achieve your goal with this? If you, if you can put it into one. one yeah, I think that the main reason that I failed was a lack of consistency and what I mean by that is I think with any any goal that you set no matter how big or small the the outcome is essentially determined by how consistent you are in dedicating yourself to that goal in in the guitars case you know I would I think I did it like you know every other day or every day for a week a couple of weeks and and you know I learned it pretty quick to be honest, it wasn't actually as hard as I thought it would be. But then, you know, it was about finessing each part of the actual, the song. And, you know, then, you know, I'd miss a few days. And then because I missed a few days, I'd have to go and redo what I learned in the last one. And then you do that and then you miss a few more days and then you get, and basically when, when you're not consistent, you have to basically retrace your steps. And if you retrace your steps one too many times, you lose interest. <laughs> it's like a book, isn't it? It's like, if you read the first five chapters of a book and then, don't read it for two weeks and go back to it. You can't remember what's happened. So more than likely, you just put the book back on the shelf. And, yeah. it's um, and I think that that was my downfall. I just, you know, lockdown happened pretty much, you know, pretty much a month after, um, which, you know, you could argue would make me play guitar more. Um, <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't no. at all. The opposite yeah. of that. Um, so, yeah, I think consistency was my, my breakdown. And, you know, I haven't played it for... A good six months. Ironically, I've played more acoustic guitar now, which I just switch between the two. It's not. <laughs> I'm flexible what, with it. What about you? Because yours is obviously different. Because it's, you know, it's physical. Um, yeah. I think um, structure. You know, you said consistency. Structure is definitely something for my for me, and also urgency. Yeah, and I think because of like the lack of routine that everyone's had over the last year, like there's actually, it kind of loses that structure. And 
if you know that you know you're back from home at 7 p.m and you want to have dinner at half eight you, you got that window to do something in whereas if the whole day is kind of wide open dictated by zoom calls and in front of your computer and stuff i just felt like the urgency went out of it mm. and i got relatively close to the target so i ran 20 minutes and 22 seconds or something after like three weeks of like of training um and that's that's probably the worst thing that could have happened yeah because then i thought i can definitely shed those 20 seconds you know and then instead of the training plan that i was following instead after that every run or every 5k i tried to do i just tried to beat the time right and what I should have done was gone back to the program that I first read, which was, you know, on a Tuesday, some sort of like sprints and like obviously a structured program to build up to increase your speed. Whereas I got close enough to just thinking, I just need to try that little bit harder or that little bit harder, that little bit harder again. And eventually I'll get there. And actually that was as close as I ever got. I then got 10 seconds slower and then 17 seconds slower. And because all I was, every time I ran, I was just trying to run fast. I then picked up a calf injury and I just thought, yeah, this is, yeah, sod it essentially. Like what's the deal? Um, and actually until, until about 10 days ago. <laughs> right. It, it, this is probably my favorite story of the year. <laughs> and what I love about it is so many men listening will relate to it like to tell us how and why from the moment you left your door to the moment you got back how you broke that 20 minute barrier <laughs> so it goes back to that urgency point i suppose doesn't it? <laughs> and i think fear, my yeah, fear was the main the main catalyst so essentially i went on a run with my fiance um just a, a casual one and i, I was gonna run on a bit longer um which is all good she dropped off um went to the shops to buy a bit of lunch um and so she is a art teacher so has been teaching online from home for the last god knows how long um and was was getting back to be ready for her next lesson just after lunch so we were running and i got not like not carried away but just carried on running and basically got until I was about, I've been running for about 12, 13 kilometers and I was about, well, it turns out 5.3 kilometers away from home. And I actually ran past my fiance's mum. And as I saw her, I just, it triggered in my mind, obviously had no phone on me or anything. And I had the key. So we both gone out on a run. I'd locked the door, kept the key. I must have left her. She probably did three or four K. So she's been back now for some time, just locked outside of the house. And I was, you know, driven <laughs> by the sheer dread and the wrath that I was going to feel if there was, if she was going to miss any of her lesson or any of that stuff. And it lit a fire under me. <laughs> so you basically ran the fastest 5K you've ever run in your life to try and avoid a total bollocking yeah yeah brilliant that's yeah. your why that is, that is exactly it. after i'd ran 12 and a bit kilometers already and i i think i had an average heart rate of 198 beats per minute 
And I, I got back and I literally, I got back, no one at the front door, went straight on the back and she was just stood there just with the shopping bags in her hand, didn't say a word to me, just staring at me. I was like, hello. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on all fours, hyperventilating. Literally, literally I was, it took me about three hours to cool down after that. Series pinging all over the place with medals and PBs and yeah. Nike Plus. The best thing is it was like 19 minutes and 58 seconds. Brilliant. It was so good. But yeah, so that is the one and only time I've run under 20 minutes out of sheer fear. I think there's... You know, from my experience, and I'm sure most men listening to this, and maybe some women, but I don't think that has the same vigour. I think men run the fastest, either when like something like that happens, um, and it's like, I'm in trouble, I need to get back. And it's usually this way around, is like, you said you're going to be home <laughs> at like this hour, and then, you know, you just get a bit carried away, and then it's like, oh, shit, like... I'm late and then you go or it's when all your friends are in a pub garden somewhere and and you're late and you're like you've got the worst FOMO in your life and it's like I need to get there really quick and so you run <laughs> like, like really quick so all right mate why are you so sweaty yeah it's like oh well then you got here three and a half minutes quicker than if you'd walked and now you've got to throw your shirt away yeah, and there's a cute um, bar in it. Like, like we're going to Oceana or something. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you run in those steels? Yeah, yeah, those winkle pickers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I totally get that. That's great. I think I'd be an app, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> you could create an app. Reasons why your partner is mad at you. It's like, quick, run home to sort this Yeah, out. you could do that, couldn't you? Because you could create an app that created situations which you needed to go and explain yourself for. Yeah, exactly. And a good example of that is um, actually a friend of mine, this was years ago, sent me in WhatsApp, he like forwarded this, basically this nude picture of some some smoking hot woman, forwarded it to me. Um, and, it, you know, I think iPhones, they used to save everything into like your, like WhatsApp used to save it into images. Yeah, I thought you It was some some girl or woman we we maybe once met who went to another school in bristol or something and it was like oh look at this girl now anyway manny my girlfriend's going through my photos and she's like who's that i'm like who's who and it's just this naked picture of this this girl and i'm like oh i, I don't know this this guy i'm not going to name names twat um <laughs> and and she's like right okay cool yeah sure and i was like she doesn't believe me so i was like oh, fuck it i'll get proof so I text him, I was like, mate, like, you put me in the doghouse here, like, just thinks, like, someone's sent me an image of themselves. And he replied, don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely stitched me up. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Like, That's amazing. I never sent you that. But if you could build an app that did that, created some issue that drove you towards running success, I'm not sure it would be a very successful app, but <laughs> no. it's an idea. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Very, very true. But I think they're, they are two good examples of why people don't achieve their yeah. follow through of the, like, the process to, to get to that end goal. It's structure, it's urgency, it's like a loss of motivation. It's um, also, I think, massively um, the environment you're in. Because I think, yeah, we, um, yeah, we were looking at research the other day about what impacts your learning in the environment is like the number one thing and it's hard to 
realise that until yeah you you fail at a goal. <laughs> it's you know it's like the past six months, you know, gyms being shut and everything, and you know I bought a bloody digital kettlebell and blah blah. blah. So I work out from home. I've used it four or five times. Yeah, I I just hate I hate working out from home. I hate it. I think it's shit. Not for me. <laughs> I just and like it'd be like amazing if you like doing it because how convenient is that? But it's just the environment for me. Just not one part of it appeals to me, so I don't do it. I haven't been exercising, and that that is why I spend a lot of time on Zwift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of the community and the environment that's in it, and that's the same reason that you've just made your recent purchase. Oh, don't bring that up. <laughs> oh, I wish you hadn't mentioned me joining the Peloton fraternity. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Oh, Instagram is gonna be full of it. That is fantastic. Yeah, Peloton arriving in, in two weeks' time. But, but that is, you know, perfect example. The reason why we've got that is to create an environment where it's just ease of use. It's yeah. consistent. It's right. Every morning, I'm going to do 30 minutes on this. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you're in the wrong environment and, you know, being at home, a lot of people think doing stuff from home is the right environment, but it's not because if you've got a goal that your boyfriend or girlfriend isn't aligned with and they're watching Netflix or chilling out or doing something and you're like, oh, I've got to go and do this. That's a big, it's a big negative. And, and it's enough for you to be like, ah, oh, sod it. Like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll definitely well, watch Coronation Street with you. <laughs> we say it all the time, but it's it's the same reason why we went to Yosemite and lived in a van for a month before Elkhart. Mm. Because every time we mentioned it around here, everyone was like, fuck that. That that is the last thing I can imagine doing. And then it's like, yes, yeah, a good point, actually. You're right, that is very scary. Whereas over there, we were the ones that were like, This is this is hairy. And you know, everyone else is like, come on, like we're going, we're going climbing up there, we're going climbing there. And it 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 kind of dragged us in the other direction. But yeah, you're totally right. Massive. Yeah. I'm looking outside now, it's just chopping it down with rain. And I was planning on going for a run this evening. So that's well, off the cards. You've completed You're an elite athlete. The new goal, please. I guess like you look at I guess there's a couple of goals actually from from one bloke who have been in the, the news recently, which is um, Nims Die. Mm. And for those who don't know, Nims Die is an ex special forces operator um, who is from Nepal and is basically a, a high altitude mountain climber now professionally. And he completed two massive feats recently. I'm actually halfway through his book at the moment, but first one being Project Possible, which was the all the 8,000 metre peaks in the world in seven months. Ridiculous. And what was the original record, like five years or something? Yeah, around that. So. Um, which, you know, when you talk about goals, most people's goal is Everest, and that's a novice goal in mountaineering. Then you look at something like K2, and you look at Annapurna, like the mountains that actually kill you. Um, and he did that amazing, unbelievable, in fact. Um, but then he recently did K2 in the winter, didn't he? First ever ascent. Yeah, the oh, the first. Was it, was it a um, 100% Nepalese like, group? Was, yeah, they were all, um, all Sherpas. Yeah, that's epic. Um, and a lot of the climbs he did on his Project Possible was made up of Sherpas. Um, 
And, you know, what's what interesting it? about that is... A Gurkha like, or an SAS? A Gurkha is a Nepalese... It's like the Nepalese um, fragment of the, the like, special forces. Yeah, and was he... Is yeah, that yeah. what he was, right? Um, was he just SAS in the... He was a Gurkha originally. Right. And then was transitioned to the SAS. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he's... Double- but, like, he's one of those people, he, he, he's off the chart, like just silly the type of person who, who climb Everest and then be like oh I've got a spare two hours should we go climb that one as well and those people exist everywhere we've met those people you know people who just live for the, the pain of it and like he's just one of them yeah he and, is uh, fair play proper hard isn't he the thing I loved reading about that story was uh so I I pick up the financial times every weekend oh. mainly, mainly skip to the sports section there was a thing I found thing I found amazing was there's this whole article about uh, another another bloke guy called Colin O'Brady I think it is an American lad who was at K2 the same time this year to try and climb it in the winter Um, article was all about him Uh, didn't didn't mention NIMS at all mentioned a bit of the um I guess the also like the conflict that comes with these people that take on massive adventures and things that don't get reported. One of which being this Colin O'Brady, he was the first person to make the the route that Shackleton did or something, the South Pole and back. But what he gets called out on a lot is he walked in the tracks of vehicles, so it's completely different to like breaking new ground with a sled, so can like considerably easier. Uh, which obviously gets brushed over a lot, but it's still crazy. And with Nim's little downfall that people call him out on all the time was that for his project possible uh, is he used supplemental oxygen like way more than it's been done before, you know, putting to the side the fact that you probably have to considering there's so many peaks. Um, And that was like a thing that he didn't really touch on. You know, it's still incredibly legit, but... So he's coming to the, do this first winter ascent of K2, the toughest mountain by far in the world. Never been done before in the winter. And just silently, he just decides to do it with no oxygen. <laughs> That's not the best way ever to silence everything, isn't it? But like the, re- the reason is, like, people try and bag him for that. But the reason yeah. is to climb seven, 8,000-meter peaks in seven months is you don't have any time to acclimatise. Yeah, or recover. Yeah, so you go to Everest, most people go to Everest and they spend three months at base camp going up a little bit, down a little bit, up a bit, down a bit, up a bit, just to basically allow you to acclimatise. But he just turns up to Everest and he's like, I've got a week. And he used to go there on his holidays from the army for two weeks and just go climb it. And he's like, I haven't got time to acclimatise, I need to go up and down. Um, And so that's why. It's just... Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Efficient, but it's still... Still mental. Who gives a shit? Yeah, there's still so much that can go wrong. And like, you know, that Colin O'Brady is still totally legit. He actually ended up, he wasn't able to uh, make the summit in the winter. Um, it, he's not, worth it. Did not make it in the end? No, he, he, he couldn't do it. They, like the weather window, because obviously it's all about going up to, to the next camp, coming down, and it's just a, a bit of a luck of the draw. And they were kind of on opposite cycles and the weather worked out for NIMS and their party, um, basically when they were at the base camp of their cycle and then they were looking to go up three days later and the weather just came in. A lot of people died on it. 
yeah, so four of the people in his party all died on his way, basically their way down. So he was kind of one of three or four people in his party that actually like got away. So crazy, still like a any living in that environment is still oh, insane. Oh my but, god, that is brutal. Yeah, that's that kind of next level, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, mountains like K2 just don't get the recognition they deserve. And mm. yeah, we, whenever we plan adventures and these big goals, we always say it's like it needs to translate to the person you'd walk past on the street. Yeah. You went up to Joe Bloggs and like, mate, I just climbed K2. Most of them would go, yeah, but if you climbed Everest? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, what do you mean? It's like Everest is a bit higher, so it's like, yeah, but Everest is it's like going to centre parks compared to K2. <laughs> but, but no one no one knows that, and you know, why would they? Um, and that's why you know the adventures we've done, like Patagonia was without doubt one of the most brutal things we've ever done. But it's not rowing three thousand miles across an ocean, is it? It's no. it's just it, so it's also harder for people to picture it's yeah. They know that an ocean's massive. They know rowing's hard, like Patagonia. Not many people even go there. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's nothing there. But um, yeah, it's so true. It's find that balance. And we're going through, we say this every time, but going through like finding what our next project is. And this is a hurdle that we come up against like, all the time. We have to kind of trial it out on people. And if the reaction is, oh, right, like questions or where's that or what's this about, then it, it doesn't really bode that well. Yeah. It's interesting, especially over the last 12 months, <clears throat> I think um, there's been so much, so much, I reckon, negative media around, like, use this time to, you know, achieve the things you want to achieve and to learn this and to be make yourself better at this. And it almost puts this kind of pressure on people to write shit. Yeah, I mean, we're on lockdown. I, I, I should be doing all this stuff. Just total bullshit. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, as we said earlier, like we've we totally failed on these goals. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful in all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um and I think like that mindset you see like a load of people on Instagram, don't you? You're just like, yeah, I'm, I've done this, I'm doing this, I'm crushing this, and it's like okay, awesome, like, but it's not it's not really important, is it? Um totally. But I think, you know, coming out of this. I know we both definitely have a massive fire just to go and do something or travel somewhere or take on a big challenge. It's just super hard to predict what that is at the moment. Yeah. It'll make it that much sweeter. I think when it does happen, mm. when these things will open up and we'll be back in the game. Yeah. What, um, what book are you reading at the moment? Not talking about uh, book 20 minutes ago. I'm actually just finishing this, uh, it's not a sports book, very different. Uh, it's called The Splendid and the Vile. Currently covered in coffee because I just threw my coffee over my entire desk. Um, a saga of Churchill family and defiance during the Blitz. And it's, you read the Financial Times on the weekend and a bit of Churchill in between. I think I actually got the, I saw the book recommendation for that and it was, I, ju I just finished watching an episode of Band of Brothers or something. So I was well in the mood for a bit of war chat. Um, and it's, it's actually very good. It's one of those books, you know, you, I, you, I've not had that feeling where I've had to reread a page or try and remember what it's all about because I'm supposed to be getting value out of this book. It's just a very enjoyable, like, interesting read. 
And that's mm. just what I need. Don't don't like kind of overwhelmed with personal development books and that's I'm having a break from that. I've got Nim's Die and I've got Matthew McConaughey's book on the go. Oh yeah, nice. Which is um McConaughey's book's class. What's it called? Green light. Green light, baby. I'm actually listening to the audiobook and it's him narrating it. And it's very good. <laughs> it's a very good it's a very good storyteller. Um I'd highly recommend that. Yeah, I might, I might get on that. I've got about 14 audible credits. You've been playing for like nine years, haven't you? Seven, seven. I've got some I've got some all-time classics in Audible. I've just never even started playing them. <laughs> when when did you listen to them? Um not that often. On a run <laughs> on a run. Right, yeah. <laughs> Once every six weeks. I guess that is quite a good time. Yeah, I listen to it if I go running. Right. Potentially on a dog walk if I'm on my own. Yeah, fair enough. Have you got any goals? Gold as it kind of has that word that like associated with it. That, but any any targets? You're obviously moving house pretty soon, which is a, a big life goal in itself. Yeah. Um, apart from that, do you know what? Not no, not really. Getting up the peloton leaderboard. Yeah, obviously being a world champion at peloton um, is one thing. Um, but no, not really. I mean. I'm not, I'm just kind of in a bit of a state of hibernation at the moment. Yeah. Um, kind of, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, I think that's, so that's the crux really, isn't it? Is being okay with what yeah. you're doing, whether it's going for a goal or like chilling out. We've obviously got business goals in the sense of dose, which is, that takes a lot of energy in one sense. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like we need to have this like. No, and side. I think, you know, the business side of it for us for the last what six months has been pretty fucking stressful actually yeah really stressful roller coaster yeah um you know i think we mentioned it last time but you know we're, we're launching an online platform and we're, we're raising money for that and we're going through all the trials and tribulations of you know creating a startup but more so startup in in lockdown and yeah, it's just, yeah, as you said, but I think we're, we are very good at being quite resilient, you know, I can't, I can't even put a number on how many times I've been on a phone to an investor or VC and, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's a no, and you just got to be like, right, okay, why is it a no, and then move on, and yeah, it's, uh, it's been stressful for sure. I think that's probably, you know, we will say it all the time, we're not like, we are professional adventurers but in the least traditional sense and like we're not very good at anything but actually if, the, if there is one thing that we are good at it's being resilient so we've built this like playbook probably on like resilience over the last five years yeah through adventures but also through starting two of our own businesses and learning loads about that as we went yeah. so that's like which is great at the moment that's kind of the sweet spot and it's probably armed us quite well for this whole crazy lockdown situation yeah for sure um yeah it's been mental like you know our business literally fell through the floor didn't it when covid hit like a lot of people and i think what's awesome about about the last 12 months is seeing you know these stories of resilience you know these moments of you know amazing things and people amongst all this shit noise of negativity and death and yeah. rape and whatnot 
But amongst all that crap, which is all the media want to talk about, is moments of, you know, brilliance and how people have come out of it stronger than they went in. And I think, um, you know, the conversation we're having with businesses is, you know, I think there's going to be a real a real hangover from from people working from home from this long and being forced to do so and probably going to be for the next couple of years by the looks of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so building resilience, I think is, I think the most valuable skill you can, you can have, uh, in today's, today's world for sure. Um, but you know, like, I think it's, it's interesting. Like I'd be interested to hear what people listening to this would define resilience as, cause we've done quite a lot of work on this recently, but you know, if, if someone said to you, like, what does resilience mean to you? What, what would you say? Personally? Yeah. I think it's probably my definition of it's probably changed over the last few years. But now my definition of resilience is essentially adaptability and being yeah. able to continue to make progress regardless of things that you can't control having an impact on what you're doing and being able to bounce back quickly I think rather than being able to get your head down and go through something and it obviously requires that level of grit and you know stubborn persistence regardless but it's actually being able to have a balance of that with the kind of wherewithal to lift your head up and see where you are in the grand scheme of things and have a bit of perspective at the same time and I think if you can do that to me that's like having a great like resilient toolkit I think and, and being able to go through there that's, that's that's the key word there is I think um traditionally like resilience I don't know if you if you if you go on a learning platform like a LinkedIn learning or a Udemy and you search resilience you know it's 10 videos on uh you know how to be resilient and you can't just become resilient it, it comes with a toolkit and within resilience is you know creative thinking and problem solving it's yeah mindfulness keeping calm being focused it's it's communicating with other people it's all these little subcategories of behavioral skills that sit underneath and well resilience is the outcome essentially isn't it rather yeah. than the, the topic itself um which you know I, I didn't really understand that fully until until recently i you know always just thought resilience was yes being flexible but being tough but actually are two very different things yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, adaptability is is the key of it, isn't it? Something that comes out of the blue and then being creative enough to figure out a way to get around it and then prosper the other side. That's exactly it. Deep <laughs> stuff. Deep. Yeah, went into a... Jesus, you're welcome. As though we're near as many swear words and profanities. I know, and... how boring is this? I reckon everyone's gone. <laughs> I think maybe we'll get back to our usual programming next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just find some stupid stories to talk about. Um, but no, do, do like let us know what resilience is to you. And if you've come across any stories of resilience or businesses that have been resilient or sportsmen or athletes or whatever it is, or your personal stories, definitely please share them with you. We get inspired as much as anyone by stories of resilience, especially in these times. So that would be amazing if you could do that. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's it. I think we'll we'll call it there for the for the episode. Call it there, Friday, Friday three o'clock, down to the boozer, shall we? 
<laughs> to the Carlos. Here we um, go. Right, it's been a pleasure. Yes, mate. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, oh, I did play guitar. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, fuck. Why did I say that? Come on, play, play the guitar. Right, okay. Uh, I can't remember how to do this, lads. You. <laughs> oh. Okay. Here we go. And let me just put the backing track on. <laughs> it's got the backing track. I'm not, I'm not a total idiot. Okie dokie. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah, he says. I'm thinking about getting a video out. Oh, no. <laughs> that's absolute gold. I actually completely forgot my phone. Oh, there we go. That's fine. Yeah, okay. We'll take that. We'll take that. Yeah. Unrecognizable. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> fucking, honestly, it's the pressure of it. It's absolutely killing me. Oh, hello. Sorry, that's because the new laptops are shit. The new MacBook Pro M1 chip are absolutely wank. You heard yeah. it here first. Yeah, okay. they are. We're back to normal programming, programming, but they are so shit and really expensive. So a good combo. Right, what we'll... Um... I can't remember it, so I'll have to bring this back next week. Guys. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. Cause... Sounds like you've got sounds like you've got the the fundamentals for it. Like you said, you just need to piece the Yeah. There's a few uh, there's a few little riffs that I've forgotten how to do. Um... I'll pick it up next week. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, you, I'll... you did literally just pick it up just then. It wasn't like you've been yeah. practicing all morning. No, I haven't. <laughs> Quite a lot of dust on this as well, so I'll dust that off. Hang on, show us that. <laughs> what a setup. That's a little little amplifier. Is it? Love it. God, that's him. Just an axe man, whatever. Yeah, what you can't see is the other side of the camera is he's got like a whole wall full of guitars. Yeah, full studio setup. <laughs> Sweet. Right. All right. Good stuff. Happy Friday. Or probably Tuesday. <laughs>